0: can do this again and again <laughs> oh i want to i, I want to make I sure that, yeah i stay it's in, sure in amazing, t- man, you you ask some of the best questions that, because the, of
1: who you are too i mean y'all hey diversify game man women y'all, y'all, y'all just stop the press for now because i'm, I'm gonna put the stamp of approval right now y'all heard of here first um you know Nipsey husley used to spread love to like big boy and all the djs that spread love to him early on in his career because that's what it takes it takes a lot of people like like the Kellens of the world that got the game, that got the power and they share the power because we ain't talking about a power struggle. Shout out to Venus of neural shifts, who we helped support her getting on TEDx to spread that message about sharing of power. Oh my goodness. And that's what Kellen lives day in and day out. And that's when I saw him and uh shout out to this game. Y'all don't even know the host of these. It, 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 it's so wonderful to have, not just a podcast, you know, pro or PR and all that. And I'm a I'm a social media person. None, none of that. Not a one trick pony. We got, you know, you know Al, Ty, and and Kellen that have backgrounds in where they actually do this. So you're not talking about ESPN football commentators because they're commentators, but we talking about diversified games because when they talk about diversity, when they talk about entrepreneurship. They really live and breathe that, and they scaled it and taught it, and now they're sharing that power by letting other people get that shine. So, you know, that's love. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank thank you. And, 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 and my last question is coming. It's a Tyson question. He always likes to um, know, what is your community social give back that you're doing now or that you want to do in the future?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Let
0: me flex on on it real quick. And
1: and you see, when I say flex, people flex like I got my Gucci, Louis. You ain't on this, like Kanye said. But yeah. you ain't up on this. <laughs> you know, just to say, you know, we buy things just to let people know that, right? We always we, we have a competitive mindset. Some of the best MIT graduates that went on to build multi-million dollar companies told me this. AI, the danger in AI right now, and in and in life, is that humans are building it with an engineering only mindset. So you don't, you're not going to have the aesthetics in what we, we're going to be experiencing. So we need more diversified game in that, right? Just like with the crash test companies' white males build building it out for the average white males, deadly. Um, AI and competitive nature is is a bad thing, and 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 you know we need more creativity um, and and a different mindset built into that. And what I, what does this have to do with corporate social responsibility? you know, community engagement. Well, social capitalism, entrepreneurship, baking. I mean, never before in the 80s and prior to this um, where companies going, oh, here at uh, Innovative Mortgage, we better talk about what happened at the Pride Parade or we better speak on Black Lives Matter. You know, before they were like, leave that at the door. Leave your problems at the door. Because the minute you go ding dong, Right, to the door. All of a sudden, you're brainwashed, and you can forget about all your kids. Right? Wrong. The real answer is let's bring that into the workplace. So whether you're an entrepreneur or the most valued employee or the the, the first day employee, what do you care about? Well, you know, uh, my my kid is autistic, and I do this thing called. This is all true stories that I'm telling you and things that I'm involved in. And my kids, um, you know, uh, is a jazz player. You know, uh, uh, you know, um. Oh shoot, not a jazz player. What is a oh, saxophone uh player and um he's autistic. I was like, wow. And I do this thing called stories of autistic because everyone should have should be able to tell their story. And uh, I provided my platform. I was like, that's wonderful. How do we support that? You know, even as a vendor, I'm supporting look, y'all, I flex so hard I didn't go down to my vendors, okay? So that's my Louis Gucci belt is that and, and as far as the stripes that I feel that I love the flex, not the money the people and the lives and the impact that we made and the communities that we care about and and how do we support them by just saying that we care about them is that we do it by, um, you know, uh, putting our money, time, energy, resource mouth and organizations to support that. I mean, there's organizations that will pay you like Boeing, Microsoft, where if you care about the humane society, uh, we'll go do that. And we'll pay you, we'll, we'll make a donation to the humane society at $17 an hour donation with your time and energy so they they'll, they'll do the dollar for dollar match and i think companies from a, a selfish reason because they, they're built for businesses say hey when all things equal out between coca-cola and pepsi studies and human behavior has shown that we will we will choose to do and give our money and the power of the dollar to those that we feel impact and touch our communities visibility presence care language at some point point in other time there's that association that, you know, our our gratitude is that instant gratification and gamification of that. If I buy Tom's shoes, Tom is going to donate a parachute to Africa, and I just happen to care about Africa. Why? Well, because somebody told me I've been there, I've seen it, or I have a, you know, white person savior complex. Whatever have you, there's a reason why people add and they can community. Now, here's why we do it. Because we said, you know what? Um... When you when you have community, what do you have? I mean, Kelly, you let's use a real life example, you know, when you sparked my brain. You said, Come out to this thing called Table One Hundred in the Central District at the African Museum. Okay, cool. What are they doing there? Well, I learned from the Harvard Business Review and um Professor uh Harvard Harvard, Professor uh Jennifer Skrillen and then the former CEO of Habitat for Humanity where they build up houses for individuals and families that Um, you know, may not have the resources or with programs to serve underrepresented, underserved homeowners to be first-time homeowners, and they're like, how do you get all these people to come together to do this? How do you do that, right? And it's simple. It's simply put, but not simple, um, is shared values. See, stop trying to be like-minded. We've been conditioned to say like-minded, like-minded. No, shared values. And I said values for a reason what do you value? What do you care about? What neighborhoods? That's okay. You, you care about the society of engineers for Hispanic and Hispanic engineers. You care about chick tech. You care about blacks in tech and creative. You care about, you know, um, uh, uh, entrepreneurship journey, whatever that is, right? And if care is that community and that shared values versus like-minded, because like-minded will only have you You know, just being forced to care about what the company cares about versus hey, you care about stuff, we care about stuff. Well, what what kind of activities? Now, shared values create shared activities. You like golf, I like golf because it relaxes us. Okay, well, Jefferson built a golf range that we can go to. That's an activity that's built. But if it's not built, or if it's built, we could build an activity around that by saying, let's go out on Tuesday the thirty first and do that, or feed the homeless, or You know, shared values equals shared activities, which reaches shared success. Now, we all win. Think about what I said about co-study, open study. That's what it is. So we care about it because we believe in order for a staffing, recruiting company, and talent acquisition to measurably, measurably increase participation amongst diverse populations, to apply, you have to be connected and real intentional about connecting further, farther, wider, deeper than you ever be, you did before. To say that you got the best talent today, and so unless I continue to go and vibe with the Muslim community and my neighbors, where I met, um, you know, uh, a, a representative at the time, uh, Premier Jayapal, um, who's just you know on a national scale for. Uh, you know, friends and, 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 and allies to our, our, our Muslim communities, even though she's not Muslim herself, right? Um, that's amazing. So we we I had an opportunity to meet her because by way of the Muslim community inviting us or Kellen telling me about Tabor 100, saying, hey, these are Black business owners that the city, state, public sector comes and tells us about opportunities, so you probably want to be there. Well, guess what? Just by being there, by being visible, by whether it's online or offline, having that engagement, you have that reach in the hundreds of thousands of minds and attention, right? Um, And you get to meet people along the way. And this is tried and true. Networking, sales, business development 101 right here is when you're out and you increase your numbers and the data's there. The chances of you, somebody listening, hearing the things that you prepared and the you know, preparation is opportunity. And, and, and that's what it is. Shared value, shared activities equals shared success. You, 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 you meet somebody by, by doing that. I mean, how did movies and music get pitched, you know, um, is because you package it just enough to where somebody could take you to massive scale. Right. Um, and that's, and that's how hits are made. And that's how, you know, Urban League or NAACP or, um you know, uh, United in, uh, Tribes um, for All, or the National Association of Asian American Professionals, to so the GSBA, which is the Greater Seattle Business Association, that uh, is a is supporter of LGBTQIA friendly businesses, uh, to Table One Hundred, uh, to the Here Seattle's, to the you know Alphas, which is the Association of Latino Professionals. Uh, to the, the National Society of Human uh, 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 Hispanic MBA, to the Society of Human Resource Management, to the Lake Washington Human—I can keep going on and on and on and on about these great organizations that pocket. And the reason why I say this is, wow! Look at all that. Look at all those circles of influence that have not like minds, different minds, many styles, and we need to go out and seek each one of those and go. How's your reach online, offline? How do we provide you with jobs and opportunities to send that out? How, oh, you need help. What do you need? Um, we'll reboot Accelerator, a team of women that went on sabbatical and maternity leave and we're getting back into the workforce and now we're experiencing another type of oppression and bias that, oh, all of a sudden you don't think we're good enough? No, we'll with that. Or we went to serve war and I can protect this country and pick up an M16 and protect this country, but I'm not good enough to work here. You know, I could buy your products and services. You could take all my money, but I can't work here outside of the warehouse. Real, so this tough. is happening. And so these communities that gather allow and lend itself a safe place, shared values, have a shared activities. what we've seen is shared success. And that's why these communities matter to us and how we broadcast and how we keep a good post and why America, if you don't do that today, not because you like it and it feels good and it's cute for surface level and window dressing, but if you don't authentically put your time, energy, and resource out there, I'm beyond just it being a nice thing. I'm saying you're not doing business and entrepreneurship 100% for justice. You should remove yourself if you are a true good leader and every good leader knows to bring the experts to come do the expert stuff, such as guiding you through a diverse and inclusive workplace, workforce, and changing and evolving time for you to be a better leader. Because if you as a white male, garbage in, garbage out, have been conditioned to lead the way white males have always been leading companies, you're going to lose, die, drown out, lag, or just be ignorant forever. Or you could be leading, loving, learning, breaking ground, better practices. And that only comes by way of diversifying your business, your users, your workforce, your communities, and your natural network. Thank you.
0: Man, you guys got a whole fistful, two fistfuls of game today on Diversified Game. I want to thank Steve for coming out I want you guys to check out his website. It'll be in the description no matter where you listen to this app. smdiversity.com is the website. Check out what he has. He has a team of consultants as well. They do way more than staffing, and you're going to see a lot more. So you stay tuned. I appreciate you for listening. Stephen, God bless. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You
1: can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified To these tables of conversation we will hit billions of dollars and if we could do that organically uh, through unfortunate fortunate situations support sustainability imagine if we said let's go draw and find more of these diamonds in the rough
0: thank you well you 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 talk about so many aspects of an entrepreneur that you really have to have confidence (laughs) (laughs) times 10, but we find like, and you, and you mentioned some things about, you know, people will tell you, say things like this and say things like that. And they do it, whether you're in your music or if you are in a boardroom and the real, you know, people who stand out do things that are totally, you know, foreign and they put investment thousands of dollars. Some, you know, have more money than others and they put in the time. As an entrepreneur coming up, how often, now that you've been successful, do you still have, and I call it the, um, sometimes the old heads, and soon we'll be considered the old heads, but we're still kind of babies in this, because you have people, you know. Physically, still,
1: mentally, we are old
0: heads. <laughs> yeah, 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 to us, we've been doing it so long, but to those who've been doing it longer than we've been alive, they still will have this, you know. I don't know if you get this, but I get, hey, your hair's getting a oh, yeah. little long. Oh, hey, you're wearing that outfit. Um, we're oh, yeah. wearing suits oh, yeah. here. Are you still getting that? And, and what is your mindset when you hear, like, you know, oh, you should love do this, this?
1: Love this question. Um, I struggle with this, and I want to make sure everyone hears me clearly on this. When I say diversity and inclusion, all I'm saying is Fuck, sorry, I am I able to even cuss on this
0: podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put the explicit uh, thing on it. So, <laughs> good, good. good you know, we right. try to make it kid-friendly, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> so you can go beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we, we, we try to make it kid-friendly so um, all the platforms will pick it up, but we're going to put yeah. the, the good, thing good. on. But you're good, go ahead.
1: Okay, so if you're new to this or if you're considering something, I want everyone to take a moment. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, oof, I want to hear his answer. Now, my answer is going to be different because of my experiences. And so, yes, I have a bias on this um, and more so around, uh, let's call it the the gray in the room. They call it the gray in the room, right? Uh, one of my mentors is like, you know, you always need somebody with a little bit of gray in the room. And he doesn't mean physically gray. He means like an old head, meaning you've been around the block. You know you're, uh, you your Mayweather senior, or you know your uncle. Uh, you, you know Mayweather and you're, you you you've been in you've been in that ring. You have some ring rust. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, you're Jay Z mentoring other artists, or you're Beyonce. You know, and you have a vision and you need to carry that out. Okay, so I was just talking about this. Let me just say this: when your art comes from your heart, nobody should be a part of that. When your art comes from your heart, nobody should be a part of that. Meaning, a part of what? part of criticizing you for your art. I read a book one time is that people need to start walking into art galleries and stop being a f- effing critic. Oh, that's ugly. Oh, that's, hey, you know what? What if I told you, you should go into the art gallery and humanize it and say, wow, that was a blank canvas and this artist named Kellen Cache, <laughs> from blank canvas to whatever is in your mind, this is what Jim Carrey said, boom, now it's on that canvas. Think about how powerful I just said that. This is this is before technology and all that fancy, all, like, I'm just talking about painting, art with the heart. Like, you have this vision, and let's just say you wanted to draw your version of mountains or what Asia or Africa looks like, in, you know, without you ever even being there. Like, oh, I imagine this, you know, some far off land, and you start drawing. Well, that's art with your heart. Or you want to draw your interpretation of pro- police brutality or social justice or you know, um, just art with the heart, right? And I think humans have been trying to communicate through art for a long time. Nobody should have the right to walk into your art gallery, Kellen, and say, ooh, the colors are this. No, shut the hell up. You Mm -hmm. just come into my art gallery that I put my heart and soul into, and you just look at the painting and you ask yourself, what did Kellen do? Or what was he trying to convey in this book? I mean, your job is not to read our books and go, oh, on page 67, you should write this. Now, if you were the copywriter, I get that. But this is our art. This is our stories that we're sharing with the world. And it's not for judgment. Some people make art, though, and clothing for judgment. And that's okay, right? And so be careful. When you open yourself up and, you know, they say if you don't know where you're going, Meaning if you don't have your visions and yourself auditing for your own protection of your goals and dreams that you know and your vision in your head and your art with your heart, you'll fall for anything. You'll be that artist that go no matter how good that you could sing or rap, the minute you get into the label, the go the label will tell you what to do. So you're just a you're just a glorified employee that's considered an entrepreneur. So you again create golden handcuffs for yourself. Because don't forget, even business owners become that rat race and sometimes, you know, that whole work hard stuff. It's not that some people wanna work hard. Sometimes they're forced to work hard because they're, you know, and some people don't care. But the thing with the advice, it's just like when I'm giving, I'm careful when I give people advice. I always say, hey, this is my own journey. I don't know when you might come across this or if you ever will, but if you do, here's how I got through it. And here's how some of the lessons that I learned. And that includes failure. What I'm trying to tell people is everyone wants to give you advice, especially the people that ain't never been in your shit or that's going to be part of the risk and reward and consequences of whether or not that advice works. Um, you know, everyone wants to be a an ally. Not everyone wants to be a sponsor and accomplice, right? So be careful where you get that advice from because if you don't know where you're going, you'll fall for anyone that anyone tells you to tell you to go, and that could be a dead end. Right? So don't go chasing waterfalls. How do you know what the difference is? Well, you know, that comes with emotional intelligence, self awareness, and auditing the person that you're in front of. And I tell everyone this audit everyone, no matter how long they've been in your life friends, family, colleagues, because if you're loyal to the soil, that soil could be bad. And if your soil looks bad, or if you think that grass is greener on the other side, that's only because you haven't been watering and loyal to your soil. So be loyal to your soil before you're loyal to the soil to other people that can lead you to the death. Because even some of the best gangbangers are too loyal where that ends up, you know, I know people that end up in the wrong direction because of that advice. See, Kellen, let me tell you about advice. Advice can get you killed, right? Advice can get you locked up. Advice can have you go to a dead end from the wrong people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's good advice, the advice that can get you... Um, closer to your dreams and your desires. Now, is that rare to find these days? And based on certain people, yeah, because people, you know, that whole thing about some people like to see you do good, just not better than them. They have a knee jerk reaction of going, ooh, it's like that mood, that scene from Belly, where the guy was eating the banana. Yeah, and, yeah, and 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 and, re- and, and met the Man was wh- whipping around, looking fly fashion. He goes, mm. like a hater. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. like that. Mm, I don't like that shit at all. I was like, oh my god, that's like the definition of a hater. The look, the tone, eating a banana. Like the director of that movie was so intentional about. Look at these punk ass haters. Look how they sound and they talk when you doing good out here. Well, guess what? Don't get it twisted. The 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 the, the you know, Nipsey Hussle said it during his life. He goes, success it it, it affects the ones that are closest to you. It's, you know, it's like a stranger because they're not going to know what you're doing. It's the ones that are closest to you that go, mm, I don't like that. And so they come at you and listen to the blueprint like Jay-Z and Drake, what they say in their words and their songs and their experience as business owners is be careful because a lot of these people that hate on you come in the form of a favor. What? Did you hear that? A form of a favor? A hater comes in the form of a favor? Mm-hmm. That ain't no different than wolves and sheep clothing. Why and shoot clothing? Because people disguise their identity to get close to your ideas and your values. Because this happened to me in Q3 and Q4 entrepreneurship. You open to vulnerability when you open and say we're open for business or thinking partners. That don't mean everyone 100% of the time that come through those front doors are not there to rob you, and they don't come with a ski mask either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They come like these, yeah. like the soccer mom trying to cross the border with, a, a, you know, stacks of cocaine. And then guess what? <laughs> that sounds awful when I say that, but that's happening right now in, in real time in America. And also all I'm saying is that these things are happening. And, 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 and if you're not careful, it could happen to you because that's what happened to me before and it happens to the best of us. So don't feel bad. And that's what I feel about that. Is that don't feel bad if you're like, dang it, I shouldn't have listened to my buddy of 10 years. I still know to people today that their friend is going to get them to lose their job. I mean, thousands of dollars lost if they continue to follow the actions and guidance of their friends. Now, do I believe people who get into gangbanging or the wrong path did that because they wanted to? No. I believe a lot of times your natural network, Dr. Cheryl Ingram puts it in such a beautiful way. And I think this dictates a lot of our behavior, which if you audit, you can disrupt it. If you audit it, you can disrupt it, you can fix it. And what I mean by that is this listen to this clear diversified game. And I'm giving y'all a first. And this is shout out to Dr. Cheryl Ingram of Diversity. She said this. She said, the last time you were unbiased was when you were born. After that day, when you left the hospital, oh my God! This is when I started, I started shaking when I started hearing hearing this because it was like I got plugged into the matrix. Uh, I I took is it the blue pills or was it the red pill? Well, it don't matter. <laughs> um, you know, she said, "Think about it. Yeah, you could have been in born in Wasilly, Alaska, or something, or or uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and and uh, and great, you know, that's awesome. But the minute you left the hospital <laughs> and the family that took you home, even the people that got adopted, right? Uh, you you go into a plot in an area, of town and land where all the rules, regulation, relationships, religion, opportunity, access before the internet and connectivity are already defined and set for you. The chances of you coming home to this uh farmer fa- uh potato farmer family the chances of you learning potato farmers is naturally going to be higher, okay? And so that's what I mean is that audit your network because what if you came from a you 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 said it you said you know not a lot of gonna people gonna be able to teach you some games they've never got it they they, they can't teach you how to run a football if they never been past one and even if they did at what level did, have they gone was it high school was it pee wee was it college was it NFL And how long? Well, let's go further because, you know, once you get to the NFL, even then you still get booed. You don't get cheered even more. (laughs) You get booed (laughs) every city, other city, uh, other than your own. What are you chasing? A ring? Fame? More money? You already got the money. So what are you chasing? You know, you're getting the experience on another level. And that's what entrepreneur – that's the sickening high that you and I love is that we go – not that we want more, but we believe there should be more and more access to more. And so not everyone believes that, Cal. You got to protect your dreams. And not everyone that gives you advice is giving you good advice. You know, I got advice from the devil himself and herself <laughs> uh, and by the form of lies. The devil is a liar and they'd rather see my soul on fire. John Legend, why? People go, why are you bringing up music? I'm, I'm not bringing up music. I'm bringing up somebody that got 11 million plays in less than a week. shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I'm Like, listen to that real quick. They have 11, just on YouTube alone too, by the way, 11 million. So when I spit those lines, I'm spitting lines that are in 11 people's minds that went to YouTube and listened to John Legend say that. And why is John Legend saying that? That's where you get childlike curiosity. And you study and you become a student of real game. I don't know John Legend, but I'll tell you what, that little piece of advice and that analogy, because most smart people will understand that analogies are a way to translate complexity into a a situation where you could meet the of where they're at. Because see, a good teacher is not about, this is the way I teach, and you're going to learn the way I teach. A good teacher is always trying to find more students and the way that they learn and teaching in the style that they learn because it's about the message getting across. Music, hip-hop does that. Entrepreneurship, stepping up, diversifying your game. And that's why I, I woke up at 7 a.m. because my man, Kellen, from day zero, dog, from loyal to the soil, my man has showed me that he can reap good results and fruit in his own, era, in, in his own plot and he can do it in other people's farms. And that's why I'm here is because that's what it's all about. It's about people that have open study. Bruce Lee said it best. All right. You can't, people can argue with me all day, but when I start dropping names, that's when I'm like, you want to argue with Bruce Lee? Because Bruce Lee used to use a thing. It's under the book that Matt Polly wrote. It's about the life of Bruce Lee. I highly recommend it. It teaches a lot. It's more than just Bruce Lee and martial arts, it's about diversity and inclusion, actually. And it talks about how Bruce Lee would go up to what people, other people, consider a threat. Oh, damn, we don't mingle with those kinds outside of, you know, Wing Chun or Kung Fu, traditional Chinese. What are you doing hanging out with, you know, Filipino martial artists or, you know, Kenpo or whatever have you, right? And he would call it open study. Open study. Think about that word. Open study. Co-learning. What does that mean when you say open study? One, study. In order for you to study, you have to take notes, learn, research. put. It's a mindset shift. It's it's Jeet Kune Do mind shift about, you know, not having one style, but being able to take on many styles, uh, take what is useful, reject what is useless, make it your own, Bruce Lee. And that is what it is, is open study. I'm not, you don't got to be like me and I, we don't got to find the answer. But if we both hack it, which is why we have the Hack Diversity Series, which is why you have podcasts to have Q&A for us to learn from each other, this is open study. And we're sharing the open study with the world. That's why we have YouTube. That's just, this is what humans desire. is information. That's why we have the Internet. And we, we don't want to just rely on Uncle Bob or uh, Aunt Sally anymore out, of, out here in um Kent, Washington, right? We want to get the game and the advice outside and that's what it is 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 that bruce lee said it best open study i want to learn from other people and i want to share from other people without feeling like i'm competing with them even though there's a competitive nature like golf but i'm not competing with tiger bullets <laughs> it's a game of golf you compete with yourself and you compete with that little ball you know but that's what it is. It's open study. Everyone that I go golfing too. is this really like, is this the next PGA tournament? Am I going for a green jacket? No, I'm trying to hack the ball with Kellen and we're both learning. It, 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 you know, we're in the same training camp. Am I sitting here trying to take him out at 80, 90% kickboxing? No, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to spar, you know, for a bigger fight, you know, and, and, and that's what Bruce Lee did. And if you look at what he did for Chuck Norris, If he did not plant that seed into his soil and in the words of Tupac, I'm so glad I get to quote all my favorite folks right now, dude. Tupac said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee I will spark the brain that does.
0: Yes. That's what
1: co-studying That's what open learning is. And, you know, and, and, and then one more, Martin Luther King said the best, you know, there's never a wrong time to start doing the right things, right? I believe that's what he was saying. And um, that's what open study does. It lets you start doing the right things at any time. What you do in the in the dark and then it's done in light. We'll come to light with love, baby. That's life. Woo! Oh, my God. This is probably like one of my favorite interviews. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think this is good. And we you might be working at a telecom company and you want to open up your first food truck. Well, the, the first question I would ask is, what makes you want to open up a food truck? You know, if you're like, oh, well, everybody else is doing, I see them making money. The best advice I've ever heard from somebody that actually opened up multiple multiple businesses, brick and mortar and stuff in different arenas outside of their core, um, I thought that was special. You know, I'm like, hey, to me, you know, there's a lot of cats running around talking about, oh, you can only do and be good at one thing and nail it before you scale it. I get that whole mentality. But that's old school thinking, all right? Uh, I got I got a debate for all those people that do that. And typically, and I, I hate to box people in, but it's a conditioning of people in their 40s and up because they grew up in a different era. And then anyone that's 50, 60 and up now, because they grew up in a different era, times of war, people choose sustainability. And this is why we became the Worker Bee Foundation is because if you train people to just be a worker bee, you put the cuffs on them, the golden handcuffs. And so why would anyone think think or even have the audacity and courage to tell somebody else to think that way of, hey, did you know that you could break these chains or well, there might not even be chains? Did you know that there's another alter- alternative path? See, not there's not a lot of that going on. What there's a lot of going on is do this, do what you're told. Um, why are you having big dreams? And anybody that can be, be, dream big like that or entrepreneurship belongs to these people, you know, tech belongs to these people. I don't believe that to be true. And that's what i did was i hacked it i said okay if i don't have the money like everybody else what else do i have time well why would you put time in an ice cream shop if you're not passionate about it so time is very important because you could be working at telecom and you're like oh shit all my money goes and time goes to this why am i going to invest in a food truck that i don't know if it's going to make me business or not well that's a that's a big question are you willing to like play cards if you went in on this risk, how much of this risk are you committed to? And if you fail and, and, and you learn, how much of can, those can you take? So, again, it's, it's you know, checking your time. kind of I call that gas in the vehicle. How far do you have gas in your vehicle? Do you have burn rate, you know, until you burn through it? And, and are you revenue generating? Because that's going to be the second question is time. And can you sell? Who cares what you build? You know what? Hit makers or hits, what we call hits today, Derek Thomas says, is not, it's not anything of your own. Uh, a lot of times, it's it's a combination of people that support you. Hit makers, even the most brilliant ideas, whether in obscurity, if they fail to connect with the right networks. Oh, sorry, even the most brilliant ideas, whether in obscurity, if they fail to connect with the right networks, Derek Thomas. Hit makers: the science of popularity in an age of distraction. You see. Internet is noisy, a lot of information is noisy, so what people need to tell you by voice of mouth or what you think or what you shouldn't think is magnified, exposed, so garbage in will, will, will be garbage out, and if it's good code in, it's good code out, meaning there's a lot of bad code being taught about entrepreneurship, and again, time, money, energy, resources, break those down that's going to give you your first ideal steps and building blocks uh, to audit where you're at before you go into this entrepreneur journey, because banks are getting tight, family and friends are getting tight. So you need to learn how to bootstrap and sell your ideas to whomever and whoever. So you feel like you're a YouTube influencer? Well, you got to get other people to feel like They can show up to your concert and be engaged and leverage that data. Oh, look, I got 100 people. Look, I got 200. Look, I got 2,000. Look, I got 200,000. Look, I got 2 million. That starts with the first brick, you know? And so you build that up. And then once you get a million or celebrate milestones and you share that, that's how you keep leveraging your entrepreneur journey, especially if you even got money. So a lot of people with money, they talk that whole, oh, you know, we're quiet, we're quiet. I get that. A lot of people say, you know, money's quiet and people don't talk a lot and all that stuff. I don't believe that's to, to be true. I believe sometimes that could be white people just trying to keep us silent and conditioning us to believe that way, which then distracts us from becoming entrepreneurship because quietness is something that even Asians are taught in the work like, shut your ass up. Oh, sorry, excuse me, shut up. You know, don't say anything, be humble. And that condition even comes from communism, you know, training camps, shit that stuff that we've been conditioned outside of the workplace and society, that when we come into the workplace or in entrepreneurship, that scar, that trigger, that trauma, especially within underrepresented minorities and people of color and, um, you know, populations that don't show up. Yeah, we're conditioned that, whether or not we want to believe that, because we don't have, we've never seen a black president. But now that we have, that don't mean that the real data is that everybody that's born in Compton can become the next Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, Dr. Dre, even though that's, that sample's been there. Not everybody could be a Barack because our sample says there's only, what, a few billionaires, a few executives across America in fortune companies, and although we're – the, one of the fastest growing in minority-owned businesses uh, and small business enterprise of people of color, especially women um, of small businesses. That, doesn't, that still doesn't mean that um, even though we have buying influence and we can contribute to revenue, that still doesn't mean that everybody's going out there and opening up and pursuing their dreams. Um, one, because of access and opportunity. Two, because of fear and not know-how. Uh, not, in, uh, you know, not enough mentorship and resource to sustain their ideas all the way through. And just not a lot of people can't afford to take that risk. You see if rich people, and I'll end it here before the next question is, rich people can go, hey, mommy, daddy, um, can I throw, I don't know, 250000 You know, like, say if I it is: a, sm- a small loan that Trump got. <laughs> and And... And let me take a, a, a I call that a, a parachuting entrepreneurs where they can jump out of a plane and they got parachutes their parachutes so they land safely. Where us, we're like, just take a leap of faith with no parachute and hopefully some guy got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a lot of us is dumb luck and, and, and hope and faith. And I mean, don't go far. Look at hip hop and rap, you know, and where it was birthed. And where it is now and the type of level of influence and being at the, beat, the biggest genre in tar- terms of all data, money and influence, well, that just goes to show, you know, you can birth something with enough support and continue to grow and evolve it. I mean, that's why hip hop and rap is everywhere. And that's the same thing with entrepreneurship is that no matter how small a seed of a must, you know, faith of the size of a seed of a mustard seed <laughs> The size of a mustard seed is very small. Is that that's all you really need? Is that spark of creativity? Keep going
0: and looking at the fact that it's the marathon. It's the journey. Yes, but you get in. You got into a lot of, you know, the keys that your family, they're not going to understand it, nor respect uh-huh. it. So don't, it, it, you know, especially if you don't come from a line of entrepreneurs, and people who uh-huh. have opened up businesses. So don't expect them to jump on your idea and give you 5000 or give you anything. they don't know, they don't know. And you cannot be mad about somebody who does not know, because in that area, you're going to help them grow you're going to teach them this can be done from scratch. You know, no one's cooking from scratch anymore, but when you do get that from scratch, you can taste the difference, you know? So, that's right, that's right. You know, I, I want to ask you though, because you have, um, and I don't know if you've said this in interviews before, you know, you have a background in being a musical artist as a young person. And so getting on stage, is it the same thing and do you find that the skills that you learned in music you apply to the so-called corporate world because music is a business but many people especially when you're young you're just having fun you're just getting out there you know doing what you know is on your heart and um so talk about that you know the music and you know switching over and being a i guess more corporate more in the um the, you know, the the boule type of, Hey, I'm, I'm here, you guys. Whereas in music, you could be whoever you want to be.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's, I love, I love what you're, what you're touching up on, you know, speaking of music, um, without going too deep, uh, because I was so afraid to show, I I still to this day don't show or haven't had the ability, um, or I guess, The intentionality of actually saying, how do I translate what I've done and the milestones and the contribution that we've made in the music scene and the networks that we've built? And how do we spill that over into the average person that, say, works at T-Mobile today? How could T-Mobile look at me and say, wow, I didn't know you did all this in your rock band or your church and you're doing all this? And then we praise that, right? But what if I told them I was part of a rap group? I mean... They're just, you just see it. You hear it. You know, the behaviors, the microaggressions and what they associate it to because they don't know. Right. But that's kind of like, if you told me, hey, what do you think about country music? Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know too many country artists or people that are from the South and with the birth of country where they have a natural network of the food and culture and the music. Right. And that's, Every every demographics has like a natural network and a conditioning that they've learned. So there's a good bias too, right? Is that they might favor certain dishes and meals and from scratch or certain music or tonality of music. Like, And and, I, and you gotta respect that, right? And so to me, I've always, even in music, always respected on, man, just cause you're from the West Coast don't mean that you can't listen to Biggie just cause you're from the East Coast don't mean that you can't listen to Pac. But however, if you don't, I get it. Some people just have an ear and a tune to something that they're familiar to. And they they follow and they focus on that tune. And that mind It's kind of like, why do you like to buy a car? a car is a car. But aesthetically, aside from just the engineering fact of a car, aesthetically, a Volkswagen is different from a, a, a Audi, which is different than a Toyota. And does that mean that, oh, you bought a Toyota, that means you hate an Audi? No. There's some people that say I just want to buy Toyotas. And then there's some people go I want to buy different versions of Toyotas. And then there's some people that go I don't even like Toyotas. I like Fords. And some people go I like Toyotas. And I'm like, "Hey, what if I showed you that I had a lot that could... if you like Ford, well let's go to the Ford. If you like Toyota, let's go to, to Toyota because that's not my job. My job is not to tell you what you should like. There's 31 flavors for a reason. You know, there's different brands of Jordan even though there's Jordan Nike, because people don't want plain Jane Vanilla. We want choices. And in music, I so that's the beauty of music, is the diversity in music, in the artists, the art that they create, and how they distribute it. The problem that I have, just like with music and everything else, when I make these comparisons, is that who's playing the music? Who gets to decide who gets to become a hit? Why are the records only... Signing X amount of artists. Um, I'll break it down even to the marijuana business. What I mean by that is 90% of marijuana license here in Seattle, Washington, or in Washington State went out to white males, right? Or 70% yep. of yoga studios are owned by white women. Now, is that a bad thing? Did they all get together and say, we're going to take it over? No, nah, I don't believe so. However, is it in a right-handed world that we live in that we go, oh, you know what? Rock and roll country. Rock and roll country. This is rap and hip-hop, this gangster rap. I mean, go back to the 90s when this was still new, the 80s, the B-Boy era, and what people thought. Damn it, we was out here showing you Olympic. Listen to this, America. We were showing you Olympic style. And I can look up the Thomas Flair. There was cats on the block doing Flair 90s, crab walks, B-Boy moves, okay? I'm from the culture. And and companies like Red Bull who sponsored it, they got to the benefit for a lifetime. Same thing like X Games sponsored by Monster. It's only those that are willing to break out of their mode and immediate understanding to learn and diversify their tune that will be able to enjoy the music and the monetization of it. And that's why how I want to break it down is that those that understand the, the beauty of of diversity and inclusion but also the benefits the mutual benefits of monetization of it it's ah, i love what gary Vee says he goes the roi of a basketball to you and i kellen and our audience might be shit it's like uh no thanks i want to go golfing boxing or whatever but you put that same basketball in the hands of a steph curry a LeBron James, what you got now? You see you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Anything that you touch, and entrepreneurship, business, music, you put it in the right hands and the right skills and the right passion. Gosh. And then that's why you also hear about artists that are being shelved. That they're, You hear this a lot. Oh, yeah, I got signed to the label, and they wanted, wanted me to be the next Britney or the Justin, so I couldn't go out and make my music. Like Taylor Swift wanted to make her music. Does that make sense? You, you talk about scratch. Some people go, oh, here's your recipe. Martha Stewart, I need you to go on camera, and I need you to make these tamales and call them Martha. Wait, but you are Martha Stewart tamales. <laughs> I do this and that. No, 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 no. We don't need you to do it from scratch. We need you to do it just like this. Oh, well, I write my own rhymes. Oh, oh, oh that's cute. <laughs> but here at XYZ label, we need a pop hit. Okay, right now it's hot. We need you to say, Henny, XO, Henny xo and <laughs> say that well steve steve let, let, <laughs> even the people that say that they go well can i say something else and any and xo you know or like jim carrey goes i know i'm a comedian or robin uh you know well goes i know i'm a comedian but can you give me other roles and let me see what i do and that's the beauty of music entertainment diversity and inclusion is that when you bake it in those lens you put the time and energy and resource. Look at the Dr. Dre's, the Tupac's, the Hitmakers, the Nipsey Hussle's, and what spreads out into their business, the Rick Ross, the E-40s, the Paul Walls. Think about, aside from music, what they've done to leverage music into other areas of their life. And before music, what it took for them to even get this opportunity. And if you take individually and collectively together, you have something that's very real that tells us, If we take the time to include the Dr.
0: Dre's. This is
1: is Diversified
0: game Game. Game. Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly, He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And A.L. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today's guest on Diversified Game, we got a treat for you. You're going to learn something, guaranteed. Our guest from Seattle talks everything business, inclusion, and diversity. He's a husband, he's a father, he's a CEO, and he's a game changer, and you can catch him on TED Talks and different magazines Throughout the Pacific Northwest, today's guest is Stephen Matley. Stephen, welcome to the show.
1: What up? What up? What up? What up? Diversified Game, Kellen, the whole team. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's 7 a.m. in the morning Pacific uh, Standard Time, and we got up for this because we about the mission way before the commission, and uh, I'm glad for people like.
0: and his team that saw the vision, it's day zero. Thank you. Well, Stephen, you know, entrepreneurship, it rarely sleeps. And so I want to get into your journey. What got you into wanting to be an entrepreneur? Because originally, I know you're a Laotian, but you are, you know, all Seattleite. I, w- I want to make sure that's clear because that's a big thing in um, <laughs> in Seattle, you know, how long have you been here, this and that. What made you want to become an entrepreneur? Thank you. Um, you know, there's that's the one thing I enjoy about, you know, our
1: conversations that we had and have had. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, not a lot of people talk about the entrepreneurial journey. And how we got into our field, and why do people get to go to where they want to go? First, I'll say this. There's a big difference between entrepreneurship and business ownership. What I mean by that, and just to answer the question blatantly, is that when I started this journey, it wasn't because of choice. I didn't say I wanted to become an entrepreneur or a business owner, and the and the reason why I said that is because I was conditioned, like most people, or sometimes forced, that my ideas, my wants and desires doesn't matter because I needed to do what I needed to do before I could do what I want, and that's the difference between. Entrepreneurship and the rest. Because people think that entrepreneurship means monetary money and millions because they associate most business owners, entrepreneurs to that success. The big difference here and why I'm fortunate enough because of unfortunate situations or the conditioning of society, I had to force myself to find an alternative path. When you're poor or when You're in a moment of struggle. That authentic creativity that only entrepreneurs or if you're a true entrepreneur that you can actually receive, that's when it comes into play. And what I mean by that is a business owner tomorrow or anybody could be a business owner and say, I'm not here to solve dry cleaning. I'm here to open up a dry cleaning company and there's already blueprints for it. And there's already ROI and all that. I just need to open up a dry cleaner. And I'm not saying any disrespectful to even people that are business owners because there is an entrepreneurial factor to it. But a true entrepreneur, somebody that looks at any problem that isn't being solved and tries to figure out a way to solve them no matter how many times they fail. It's research and development. And, you know, that's not the job of a business owner. Business owners to occupy a business, whether it's existing, created new. Um, we're not going for innovation so much here as sustainability. With entrepreneurship, you're willing to go out and say, We're not Facebook or Snapchat, but today there's MySpace, and we believe there could be much better. And that's what an entrepreneur is. A business owner just goes, "I just want to open up another social media company and do what everyone else is doing." Um, An entrepreneur goes, "Hmm, what's there? What's not there today that I visualize or value that I can create?" Um, And sometimes that creation comes by force, by 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 sparks of creativity, um, and by hope and desire, and a lot of trial and error. just like with any invention or anything. And I think that's the difference and that's how I got started. And I think the reason why I had to go a long wind about entrepreneurship and business ownership and my own journey and the difficulties and what the, the, to distinguish the two is because that's how much I I value other entrepreneurs is that you're taking a risk regardless of the reward because the reward is already in the risk taking. Thank you.
0: Well, well, you talk about, you know, um, that the the steps, and I'm always doing this for the person at home, young person, maybe 14 years old, who say, you know what, um, having a job that's not for me, I want to create jobs and I want to be a game changer. How does one take the first step? Because you you know you've made a lot of money yourself for other companies in the staffing game. And even in, you know, the business um, we see from your resume, you know, and and house cleaning, when did you say, I'm going to get off the, uh, you know, nine to five uh, titty and say, I'm going to go, you know, get my own cows and and start, you know, putting things together. How does one make that first step and how much money do you think they need in, in savings to do that? Thank you.
1: So, you know, in both times that, you know, my my individual story, when I tell it or when I share it, is to inspire people, Um, and that's the hope, and and, and convert them to other leaders to take their own path, whatever that is. They can go and become the best florist, the best pie shop, (laughs) uh, the best boxing gym as long as they follow certain principles and etiquettes and foundations. Um, Now, um, that's, to me, that's another level, but before you even get to that level, right, before, you know, everyone has an idea at some point in time where they felt like, I have a hit, I have an idea, but not everyone has the ability, the know-how, the access, the opportunity to bring that to life. So it's, you know, Opportunity needs preparation. Shout out to Nipsey Hustle, rest Um, piece. But it is about the hustle, motivation, and, you know, grinding. Uh, my personal story is different, right? Starting off with $5,000, going to six and seven figures in revenue. One one thing that comes to mind on entrepreneurial journey, especially with how that finish line changes, the, the one thing that I want people to wrap their heads around is this. Entrepreneurial journey is not about just going out to build tech. Um, these days, and I know a lot of people assume this is that you know I go out and build an app or a tech or do, again yeah. do what everyone else is doing, become a business owner of this thing, and and I'm gonna hit a million dollars because that's it's just like a record business. Oh, if I go into the studio, I could be the next Eminem. If I open up a YouTube channel, I could be the next YouTube influencer. Hey, look, I don't want to hurt anybody's hopes and dreams, but that requires time, energy, effort, resources, money, and a lot of learning. <laughs> Lessons, too, and a lot of that comes tough um do you have enough tank It's like gas do you have money to put enough into your vehicle, and how far would I get you until you burn out and then do you have money to recoup and re up <laughs> and double up you know uh uh re up uh and then convert that to keep going the the extra distance um That's a good question. Do you have families and friends that will help you and here's one thing that I'll find out. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you that one, it's not anything sinister that your family and friends don't help. They just don't know how they're not ready yet. And a lot of times that's a bias. Your family doesn't see you as an entrepreneur in the next five, 10 years where you're going to be hitting multi-million dollars, or let's just not say millions of dollars. I say it could be, you could be making a hundred thousand dollars a year and be happy. But um, you know, what do you get, what do you do to get up there? Uh, One is there's a lot of things I couldn't tell you. There's one thing there's, you know, you got to look at, okay, how much time you got, you know, and a lot of times is that uh, people that are looking a step into transitioning into first-time entrepreneurship or back to entrepreneurship or some sort of flavor is that you got to look, how much time am I willing to spend on this? You know, one thing that I – one advice I got from somebody is time alone is, is a good factor because let's just say you –